For over 100 years, the Grand Rapids Chamber has been a force for good. Our methods may have changed, but we are still creating a thriving and prosperous West Michigan for all. Para todos. For all. This is the Back to Business Podcast with your Grand Rapids Chamber. Welcome to the Back to Business Podcast with your Grand Rapids Chamber. Today I have two special guests and we're talking about a very interesting and important topic for our community. I'm here with Erica Plunkett, the director of AMA International, and Claire Hopkins, the refugee and immigrant foster care family recruiter from Bethany Christian Services. Thank you both for coming out here today. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I guess I'll start with you, Erica. Tell me a little bit about what uh, AMA does and just what your work in the community here is. Yeah. So we are a nonprofit and we do work locally here with refugee and immigrant families. And we've been doing that since probably around 2018 on a case-by-case basis. And through the pandemic, really... um, seen just like everyone else and kind of rose to the surface the need for support and services and help navigating through the legal system to empower people to be able to make that um, journey to residency or refugee status or whatever it may be. Yeah, and what is the like demand? I don't has that changed since the pandemic? Has the demand for these kind of legal services and helping people get settled has that gone up since the pandemic? Definitely, for sure. Yeah, and as we've had, you know, world crises, the Afghan crisis, the Ukrainian crisis, the border crisis, uh, paralleled with the pandemic and all the other byproducts of it, it's just caused, yeah, a lot of pressure on this issue. Yeah. And then I'm going to go to you, Claire. Tell me a little bit about what your role at Bethany Christian Services does and just what the organization as a whole. I know we were talking a little bit before we started (laughs) that you do a whole lot of different things, but I'm wondering what do you do and then just kind of the organization as a whole. Yeah, for sure. Most people have heard of Bethany in some capacity, as we had said. A lot of folks know us for our adoption programs, but um, what we're here to talk about today and what I am involved in is I'm a part of our Refugee and Immigrant Services branch which is broken down into two main programs. So we have Refugee and Immigrant Adult and Family Services that works to um, meaningfully integrate folks into the community after they've resettled here in West Michigan. And then what my role aligns with is our Refugee and Immigrant Foster Care Program. And so my position, um, it's a lot of things, but it's really getting to do things like this, connecting with our community, reflecting um, on what our needs are, what the youth's needs are, what matches their cultural, religious, their identities that just make them whole, and being able to collaborate with different spaces and folks to um, help empower and build community for youth that are being welcomed here. Yeah, and tell me a little bit, and either one of you can answer this, how does your organization, you know, work together? I mean. I know you both have, sounds like similar, but different avenues of work, and I'm wondering how those two come together. Yeah, you want to answer that? You can Okay, I'll start. (laughs) So I feel like it's a lot of like, oh my gosh, we need this. Uh Can you help? Yes, (laughs) It's a lot of exchanging back and forth, like how can Mm -hmm. we help support each other as we're supporting the community? Um, And then being advocates for each other. That's Mm -hmm. a huge part of what we do. Like when we know that there's a need on either side, we're advocating for, for that need and seeing how can we rally our network and our community to get involved in being the solution. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it is a lot of last minute, like, hey, this just came up because 
we're adapting to not only our community needs, but also the world's needs, mm-hmm. like our services and, and what we do and who we work with and who we network with is all based on what's happening around the world. And yeah. so we don't know of, of, well, we know there's there's crises taking place constantly. Otherwise, these services and these, these organizations wouldn't be here. But when things do make it to the news or we have a huge influx of arrivals or... Um, yeah, we, we were able to partner together just recently with yeah. school supplies mm-hmm. and and Erica is one of the best folks to be sending out Aww. our information meetings and just, yeah, it's been really lovely. Yeah, sure. and do you find that uh, you guys are able to make, like how's it feel at the end of the day to know that you guys are coming together to make like this impact both together but also just, you know, with the work that you do? Mm-hmm. It, it feels really good, but I always like to try and put it back on too, like, I'm I'm learning so much from being surrounded by refugees and immigrants and new Americans because they're really what is bringing like this beautiful diversity and talent mm-hmm. and um, specialties. I mean, these these are students and doctors and people who have been really successful in their country of origin. So, you know, it's 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 we don't do this for. <laughs> money we do no. this because it's it's part of what we want to be doing but it really comes back to learning from the people that we get to work with yeah yeah and I think that's been part of the journey of what even got me here was listening and learning and it's very humbling yeah. it's extremely humbling to get invited into people's hearts and mm-hmm. hear their stories and understand that you know we have the power to be welcoming and you know work together to make everyone feel like they have a place Mm -hmm. um and that they're valued yeah and i'm wondering we talk a lot about uh new americans and obviously we have a need uh at the chamber we talk a lot about how we have a need for talent and expanding our workforce i'm wondering do you have any statistics on like how many new americans are coming here are looking for jobs and just in your line of work like what are you seeing with that i do not know off the top of my head but it's a lot Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of existing people waiting to work um, that are waiting for their residency or their you know documentation so that they can work and will be amazing, excellent yeah. workforce um, to add to our city. Yeah, and what are the challenges of getting residency? Because that sounds like something that should be easy, one, two, three <laughs> steps, but it sounds like it's a lot more challenging than that. It's mm-hmm. extremely challenging, and the, the law is very fluid. And there's, it's, it can be very complicated. Um, the most simple mistake can put set you back years. Um, I know individuals who've waited years and years and because of a simple like mistake in the form. And um, that's part of the work that we wanna do is educating and empowering individuals so that they you know, don't make those mistakes, that they can have the, the access to the information that they need to prevent those um, things from happening so that they can be successful yeah Yeah. I think in the ideal world we would change our structure and our systems to be more (laughs) reflective in terms of putting things in different languages and you know I I just think about like to become a foster parent the process it takes three to seven months and when we are licensing families who maybe were new arrivals and new Americans at one point um it's like, why are you asking me all these questions? I, I, I'm a good family. Like yeah. I, I've arrived. I, I'm stable. I have, but when things are only set up in English language, and I mean, 
it's hard it's hard for us to be able to walk down and you know renew our license and things like that like yeah. there's so many complications yeah and just barriers in place yeah and tell me a little bit about that process to uh becoming a foster parent i know we were talking before we started <laughs> about just how difficult it is and there's mm -hmm. a lot of hoops to jump through but we need so many foster parents tell me a little bit more about that yeah totally thanks for giving me the space to talk about that and i just want to acknowledge that um me telling you and for anybody listening like hey we need foster families your first reaction might be yeah that's not for me i'm too old i'm too young i don't have like the finances it's not the right time in life i travel a lot um, i do have answers for all of those things where i can help you think about <laughs> a different narrative but um it's it's a huge need we have i know we were talking a little bit about we have 90 licensed foster families just for refugee and immigrant foster care here in Grand Rapids, and that number sounds huge, and it, it's great, but realistically, we only have about 10 homes that have capacity to be welcoming in a new refugee or immigrant youth, and we're constantly daily ref reviewing referrals of over 300 youth around the United States waiting for long-term placements, so when you think about it, even 90 is too small. Um, so the, the process, it does take three to seven months. And uh, something that I feel really passionate about is that that process, you're never alone. When you're processing the decision to become a foster parent, that's where my role is by your side. Sometimes I walk with families for a day and they're ready. And sometimes it's a year and a half of just trying to decide if this is the step for them. Uh, the next step is going through some training. And we have a specific role uh, who is our training and retention coordinator then your application and you'll be assigned a licensing specialist who is a text away, a call away, will show up at your house with coffee and tea and go through the forms mm -hmm. with you. Um, and then after that is, is home studies. And that can feel intimidating too, to have someone come into your home and be assessing your room space and going through your fire alarms to make sure they work. But they're all state requirement things. They're not things that we do just for one person or or not, and and there really is that team there, and then we also have community resources too. So, I feel like I'm I'm preaching to the yeah. choir when I say <laughs> like, you really won't do this alone, but you won't because it's going through life alone is impossible, and so we don't expect you to be a foster yeah, parent alone. Yeah, have a team. And I'm wondering what is you know what does a good support structure look like mm -hmm. for being? Because I imagine. Yes, you know, you are there, but you probably are building up a support system of either like relatives or, you know, coworkers, mm -hmm. friends. Like, do you need to have, uh, what does that go, what goes into that? That's a great question because that is some of the things that is a barrier for people to move forward. Um, one of our biggest supports for families is the foster families that we already have. We, mm -hmm. um, the second that you inquire, if you want to talk with a licensed foster parent who's been doing this, we can get you connected right away. And so, that is really the, the most consistent support because those people are already licensed and have signed up to do this as well. Um, but it depends on, you know, you think about your life. Do you go do yoga? Well, someone in your yoga community might be there for you. Um, are you involved in the faith community? Are you involved in the school system? Do you have teachers, you know, coworkers? Really just think about your life hour by hour and who do you interact with and ask them if they want to be a support for you. 
And I'm wondering, you know, if there's an employer that's listening to this podcast mm -hmm. thinking, I would love to either help my employees or, you know, get involved. What are some ways that, you know, an employer could walk alongside their employees, you know, say, hey, we know you're interested in, you know, being a foster parent. Here's how I can help you. What are some different ways that they can help out with that? That's a really good question. Uh, the couple of things that come to my mind is being flexible with time. So maybe I know a lot of us are hybrid and virtual right now, but there is a lot of responsibilities and expectations of providing transportation for youth. And that initial placement, you may be welcoming and going to the airport at 12 a.m. to um, greet a youth off the airplane. So recognizing that that employee might be coming in a little bit later the next day and giving the the grace and literal, literal time to do that. Um, if the youth needs to come in for a day, if they're going into work, um, if there's maybe your employees can set up a donation drive to help support the family, um, those are, you know, having frozen meals and having the youth are going to be arriving with nothing. So anything that you can be putting together uh, that you would need to welcome another human into your home, that's a way an employee can help. Yeah, and I'll add something yeah. too. I think it would be great if employers are interested to do a lunch and learn if they're mm -hmm. interested and have, you know, Claire come out or some people from Bethany and share um, like everything that she shared, but give resources and. Yeah. You never know. A lot of these companies have a lot of employees, and there may be foster parents there. Mm -hmm. They just don't know how to access it. Yeah, and uh, Erica, I know that uh, we also talked about before, you know, new Americans and trying to, you know, get that um, residency and things. How can employers help out with that if they have employees that are looking to, you know, get their permanent residence here? Yeah, so that is something that we are in the middle of building. Um, once it's built, we can provide that. We, we are building a curriculum that will help support people through the process. Um, and then we have partners, uh, lawyer partners, that will help with free and reduced cost services. Right now, how employers could get involved or companies would be to call me, um, email me, and invest in this because it is an investment in your staff. It's an investment in your workforce because your workforce is only going to be built greater um, and helping us expedite this process through helping people be empowered to work and have a livable wage and have housing. <laughs> Yeah. All the things that come with having these papers. Yeah, and I'm wondering if either of you have any particular stories that come to mind, like you think, you know, anecdotes of, you know, we were able to do this and we really changed this person's life. I feel like I've jumped the last couple questions. Okay, you, you want to go first? Okay, I'll start. Um, so, yes, I do have immediately have one. And actually connected to both of us, this individual was through the Bethany system and also was very close with Ama and together worked with her to get her through the process, get her out of an abusive relationship. Mm. And now she is, ah, it can make me cry. Um, she's got two little girls and she has her residency and we had a big celebration for that, for her and her girls. Um, had a dinner for her when, when that happened and she actually owns her own home. Um, so huge and we've known her since 2018, been on this journey with her, um, which her journey started long before in um, Uganda. So just watching this whole process and everything that she's been through and knowing that both of our organizations played a vital role and how powerful is collaboration 
when we all work together mm -hmm. for a common goal. Um, I don't think she would have gotten there with just us or with just Bethany. Yeah. I think it took both of us. So, yeah. I my mind is flooded by that question because I just think of I, my role is interesting because I see my interactions is are mostly with the foster parents or or folks who are inquiring and. Um, so I, I see the beginning part and then I get to hear about the end part, but I guess something that comes to mind right away is we just had a, a huge graduation party for all of the youth that are in our programs. Um, and to go back to talent, like mm. those are so many, you know, hundreds of youth that are now in our community and our leaders and our, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it's just like th these, these folks are are all around us and and they're excelling mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're doing that on their own with us building capacity and sharing resources and mm -hmm. and collaborating kind of behind the scenes because you know these are folks who are doing doing the work themselves and so I'm sorry I don't have no one exact example but <laughs> I think I want to just kind of that's awesome. Full circle it. No, I think that's great. <laughs> and is there anything else that either of you want to share about uh, your organizations, how you can get involved, if you're interested in fostering or helping out in any other ways? What else do you guys want to tell? I just want to ask people to have a conversation with me or to have a conversation with someone. Because, mm -hmm. um, again, don't think about it in terms of I'm going to be a foster parent and, wow, that's a big thing, or I'm going to be a volunteer and I have to go through the application. Like, Let's just start with a conversation, text, call, email. We can get on Zoom and turn our cameras off, whatever you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Take you to coffee, you know, whatever it may be. And it doesn't have to be me either. You know, talk with, talk with Erica, talk with someone at the chamber, talk with somebody at your, um, at your work. Just start having conversations. Mm -hmm. And then when you have questions, call and text. And let's try and figure out how we can start the journey of, being a part of refugee and immigrant youth's lives. That's awesome. And sign up for an information meeting. They're free and they're no commitment. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It sounds perfect. Yeah, you guys have awesome resources. Um, yeah, I would echo all of that and say, you know, have a conversation too, like with your staff, with your colleagues, with your leadership team. Um, talk about this issue. Talk about how it affects you, how it affects mm -hmm. us. Um, and how we can create impact. So I would echo that. Yeah, like let's keep having conversations. Talk to me. Like like Claire said, we'll mm -hmm. talk to you anytime. Um, we're going to keep doing the work. We would love for you to join us. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, Claire and Erica, thank you for joining us today.